Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to All Stats, Aren't We? A podcast in which Leeds fans cast their combined eye over goings on Etteland Road, giving scrutiny to the underlying statistics and tactical footings at work at Leeds United. I'm Darren Driver, the new Leeds United awake of the podcast. I mean, what on earth is it supposed to be? And I'm joined today by Tom Alderson, the Rodrigo versus Cagliari of the podcast, making me weep with frustration, but sort of looking good anyway due to the poor standard around them. And finally, the goals conceded in transition of the podcast, reminding me that although things change, they always stay the same. It's <laughs> Jacob Stanbridge. How are you doing, Jacob? You're not feeling so good today, brother. Unfortunately, I tested positive for the old Rona this morning. Finally got me after just over two years. But uh, I'm not too bad for, for that. Just uh, feels like a cold, really. Um and to be honest, I feel a lot better than I did last week when I was paralysed in bed. So uh, mm. I, I can't complain about anything. No. And it was really lovely to see you both over the weekend. Yes, we did. We did have an all stats, aren't we? Get together at the weekend, and it was very, very lovely to see to see you all. Um, How are you, Darren? Uh, thank you for asking, Jacob. I am well, <laughs> thank you. I've had a couple of busy days at work, and I've got an evening of podcasting ahead. So that'll be that'll be really nice. I'm doing this one, and then I'm doing the first Patreon uh, bonus. Um, podcast uh, for our new patreon which i'm now plugging so that hobsey won't won't have a dig at me about that uh, but yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm doing really i'm doing really well buddy and I'm, I'm glad that you're holding up and that the covid isn't too bad um mr tom alderson how are you um i've had a rubbish day at work but i did have a very lovely weekend with you guys so i finally got to meet jacob in the flesh which was nice got to give him a hug which john and you promised me was as lovely as it actually turned out to be. So. Sensational, sensational <laughs> hugs. Yeah. Sensational hugs from Jacob. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. All right. Um, so, <laughs> the kit. You've, you've eaten, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give, I'm going to give each of you, I'm going to do this later as well with Hobbsy and Adam. I'm going to give, <clears throat> going to give each of you 30 seconds to, to say what you want to say about the kit and then we're going to move on. Um, <laughs> so, um, Mr. Tom Alderson, you are up first. You have got 30 seconds to say to express your true feelings about the new away yeah. kit in three, two, one, go. Yeah, it's just rubbish, isn't it? Like, I who on earth <laughs> is going to buy that? Like, because you, you can you get like the Leeds Leeds 
the old men of Leeds United saying, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to buy that, it's for the children. But even the kids hate that. So why have they designed it to look like blue cheese? That's that's what I don't understand. <laughs> so no, I won't be buying it. No one will be buying it. But people will like it if we're good in it, but we probably won't be. So you've got six seconds left. Five, four, three, two, one. There we go. That's your time up. Mr. Jacob Stanbridge, can you please, can you beat Tom Alderson's interjections about the kit? Ready in three, two, one, go. But in, in our group chat yesterday when I saw it, uh, and I don't know if this will mean something to everyone, but I said it looked like someone had tried to generate a Mandelbrot fractal gone wrong. Yeah, I had no idea and what I that stand meant. by that. Tell, so tell us uh, what that means. <laughs> well, pause your time. You can tell us what that means. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's this bizarre sort of mathematical shape that sort of infinitely repeats itself, and it uh, it's a very specific look, and it doesn't quite look like that. It looks like someone's tried to do one and it's gone wrong. Um, there's a good pic, a framed picture of one though in Adam's house, as I discovered at the weekend. Oh, okay. Which is a which is a fun fact for you all out there. Excellent for the, for the maths fans. Excellent. So, but Jacob, are you a fan of the, of the kit? Uh, it it doesn't look very good, does it? It's vile, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's yeah. It, uh, yeah. It, is is it worse than the than the Gaviscon badge, or not quite as bad as that? <laughs> oh, I don't. I, I I feel like this is like a Messi Ronaldo thing, where we don't have to say one is one is worse than the other. Just equally appreciate two things or how bad they are. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, worse I, than that Karma Gold kit as well, isn't it? It is worse than the Karma Gold kit, which I've kind of yeah, started to love over yes. time. Like maybe, yeah. maybe in ten, fifteen I, years, I, I'll actually I, like this kit. I didn't hate that one. I, yeah, it was horrendous. It looked like someone had a curry, and then, and then used the toilet the next morning. Yeah, and as, as I said in the group chat as well, I really like the um, the vomit shoulders ninety two, ninety three away kits. Um, <laughs> so this does have something of the ring of those around. Anyway, we're not here to talk about kits. We're here to talk about. Uh, Joffy, Sam Greenwood, <laughs> and Crescentio Somerville's new contracts. How do you reflect on those, Jacob? It's um, I I think it's for for, for the pathway, and so I find it weird to not be talking about the players first, but like thinking about us selling the idea of coming to Leeds United to young players mm-hmm. and things. I think it's a, a like a really good thing for that, and like particularly with Somerville, who six months ago we thought maybe. Had sort of uh, done his last for the club, and obviously the regime changes um, made that different. But also, I, it's I think a fundamentally good thing for us, for the players involved. Mm-hmm. I think it will allow us to get more value if we move them on. But also, it, it continues our investment in assets that we have developed, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Mm. Tom, boomers everywhere are exploding about Crescencio Somerville taking the number 10 shirt. Should we tell them to um, go away? I mean, yeah. I'm assuming they're annoyed because he's a right winger. He should be a number 7, shouldn't he? Is that, is that yeah. what they're getting annoyed about? I, I don't know. Yeah. So, well, I, I think it's as much as well, like the, the like the 10 is like a quite holy shirt to a lot of people mm. and it being given to some kind of like unproven young player yeah. is a... Uh, is perhaps also contentious there. Mm. Yeah. But it's no different to us going Yampa Vader number seven, as Hobbsy mentioned to us the other day. Mm. Mm. Yep. So none of us have a strong view about that, which proves that we are not yet boomoids, which is very good. <laughs> um, <time>. And 
give us time. Well, I'm not that far away, to be honest. Um, anyway, this is our annual um, under-over season preview episode in which we take ridiculous wild guesses at unpredictable hypotheticals and we make preemptive counterfactuals and generally behave in ways that John McKenzie does not approve of. And <laughs> as such, I'm really looking forward to it. So um, we've got a number of questions. We've got 17 questions um, where I'm going to be coming to you for a prediction. Um and we will see where we end up with that. So, onwards. Question one. Will Leeds United finish under or over last season's finishing position of 17th? Tom? I'm going to go for the same. I think we will finish 17th <laughs> again. Yeah, I do. But... It'll be. He's breaking the rules already. Uh, yeah, first question. I'm going against going against the rules of the game. He's such a rebel. Yeah. What a maverick. <laughs> no, I, I think we. We'll, I think we will be in and about the relegation fight this year. But I just when I say 17th, I don't mean like last year 17th, where it was 17th by the absolute closest margin possible. I think we will be was like. So how do you say safely 17th? And I don't think we'll actually be in a battle come the last day like we were last year. Ooh. J- Jacob, is it possible to finish 17th and not feel like you're in a massive relegation scrap? That's an interesting point by Tom. Sounds like the Football Clichés podcast. They should cover that sort of thing, shouldn't they? <laughs> maybe they should. <laughs> I, think, I think like maybe if like you've sort of fallen down as the season's gone on, you've been higher and, and you, you've gone down, you may, maybe don't feel that. Um, but I, I think that if it if that position looked sort of realistic with however many games to go, you you wouldn't help but feel a bit tetchy about it, even if, say, 18th place wasn't having a Burnley mm. uh, at the end of last season or something. Yeah, because it would rely on the bottom three being absolutely bogging your predictions, Tom, and, 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 and... I think they will be. Re- yeah, okay, that's that's what you're driving at. Yeah. Okay. You- to be fair, that that's kind of the logic that I I went at as well. Though I said that I think we will finish over it. Although I'm sticking my neck really on the line and saying that we'll finish one place above last season. Um, <laughs> but uh, I retain an amount of scepticism about all three of the promoted teams, mm. uh, Fulham and Bournemouth. If I was a fan of those clubs, worry me no end just based on the lack of recruitment and things that in certain positions and uh, to the quality that they might want and then while Nottingham Forest recruitment's been better we have seen before clubs with such an amount of churn when they get promoted uh, thinking the first time Fulham went up for example it can take time to gel and that that perhaps isn't how you want to start your season off it's a risk but it could pay off but it's, it's a risk and then there are other clubs around us who I don't think uh, have made particularly good decisions over the summer either. And so maybe that's a little bit of latent optimism in there. Mm. But um, I, I, I think that we're perfectly reasonable chance to finish in that kind of space in the I table. just add on Forrest <clears throat> that if they've churned a lot and you're worried about that, then we've also churned a lot. We have, but it, I think I think it's a little bit different. Okay, yeah. Um, where, like coming up from the, the the league before and we still do retain, I think possibly a bit more in our starting eleven, even though there is a lot of churn, we do still retain like most of the defence and Jack Harrison and Bamford, for example. So I think there is still some continuity there. Mm. Uh, and I'm also going over, and I'm going to the heady heights of fifteenth for, for my <laughs> prediction. Um, I I think that we'll have uh, quite a poor start, and we'll climb to fifteenth across the course of the season. Is is how I'm imagining things might play out. Um, okay, that's good. Second question, 
more Premier League points or more Premier League goals scored by Leeds United. And last season, we ended the season with 38 points and finished the season with 42 goals. And I think here that... um, I think points, uh, primarily because I don't think we're going to be a particularly high-scoring team across the course of the season. I think we may struggle for goals at various points, and and, and I think that that is going to be a bit of a problem for us. Um, Mr. Jacob? I'm going to go with um, with goals here, although I do think it will be pretty close. I... I, I guess I think this, again, is maybe informed by what I was just saying in the answer to the previous question, that I, I am quite low on the promoted teams. And so I feel like that perhaps with a bit more of a coherent system, not that it's produced lots of um, open play goals in pre-season or anything, but I still think perhaps with We've a got bit more... six against Calgary, mate! <laughs> I know, I was there. <laughs> maybe that's why I got COVID. Um, but, uh, um, uh, what was I saying? I think that we, in in games against those teams, for example, we we may have a bit more of a chance to have a bit more like fruitful returns, and we we may end up just about getting over that 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 threshold. Mm. Tom, I'm saying points as well. Um, I think we'll get more points than last year, and I don't think we'll be as good at well. So we we obviously had that period. We were quite good at attacking under, well, under Bielsa even though it wasn't as good as the previous year but I just don't see him as being a good attacking team like you say so I think we'll get more points in our safe finish of 17th Okay, predict the number of points needed for 17th this season Tom 34 34 points and Jacob how many goals are you predicting that we'll score across the course of the season um, I th- maybe sort of similar to last season maybe about 40 Okay, I'm going to go with some and some as my predictions for for those. Um, Okay, question three. Yellow cards accrued by Leeds players or Premier League goals conceded by Leeds? This is incredible statistic. Last season, we gathered 101 yellows and 79 goals conceded. And also, the next highest teams for yellows were Villa and Newcastle, who picked up 79 Yellows, exactly. So that's all a bit sort of... I think there's some sort of conspiracy theory behind the the repetition (laughs) of the number uh, 79 there. Um, We're quite low-key a dirty team, aren't we, Tom? Yeah, and I think... (laughs) uh, Oh, they'll they'll love that, the the boomoids or whatever you said earlier, the dirty leads about... Get some blood on your boots, leads! (laughs) No, we, we we were... Uh, really foully at the end of last year or the whole year, but like, I think, yeah. and I think we will get more foully as with the sort of more further implementation of Marsh's style. Um, so I think those yellows could easily be that, that same sort of level around a hundred, which I know I think mm. was a record, wasn't it? For, yeah. um, and I don't think we'll concede as many because I don't think we're going to get killed by City and Liverpool in the same way. I think we'll still lose, but I think it'll be like two or three rather than seven or nine or whatever it was last year mm, interesting jacob um tactical fouling talk about it if i may just jump in with the yellows first mm-hmm. um the average yellows per game actually went down under marsh compared to how it had been under Bielsa. Ooh, in your face alderson still really high though wasn't it like... <laughs> but i agree with the with the yellows point and with the average of the um 
yellows in under Marsh's football last season taken taken into account over a 38 game season we'd still have 82 yellows so we'd still have um fallen foul of that last season anyway i i think that in terms of like there's tactical fouling will become much more of a weapon for us i mean obviously it was something that Bielsa just eschewed or almost felt morally um as part of his football but for us where we're now going to have this weakness to being counted on when particularly if we have numerical deficiencies at the back it's going to have to be a much more important part of how we prevent attacks happening and I think particularly with some of the players who maybe have a bit more of a weakness in one-to-one defending for certain various reasons pace or the fundamental defending abilities and things like that Um, but I agree just to leap back to the question with Tom about it'll be more yellows and we probably will concede fewer goals for the reasons he said. Mm, so we may concede three or four goals in those games rather than seven, six and five. Is that what is that what we're thinking? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, if I may leap in with one other mm, thing please. as well. In the event that Jesse Marsh moves on as manager, mm-hmm. I think it's probably likely that we'll still play a intense style of football because it fits the players. Yeah. Uh, I mean, pe- people like particularly like Aronson, Dan James, that lot. And I think that inherently with that comes fouling yellows and stuff like that. Mm. So uh, yeah, and Dan James collects enough collects yellow every single time he puts his boots on, doesn't he? So um, well, he's not the only one. No, goalkeeper, not. just what, yeah, just goalkeeper fouls. Yeah. So yeah, what do you, what do you make of that point that Jacob just made there, Tom? Because it, it is an interesting one that even if Marsh moves on, that the, the stylistic stuff and the and the, the squad that we've assembled is inherently pressy, inherently. F- like quite physical and well physical in the sense of running yeah. um rather than in the sense <laughs> of big 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 burly misters kicking everybody around yeah are you pining for for chris white and chris fairclough there Darren? usually usually i'm i'm pining for for huggy and uh and, and chris fairclough yeah um so they, they've yeah they've kind of gone with the replacement um of bielsa instead of sort of keeping the Attacking side of play, they've gone with the intensity side of it. So I would be surprised if after just one successor to Bielsa, they then just completely scrapped that. Especially with the sort of the the, st- the signings are made like um, Adams and uh, Christensen, Aronson. They're they're either the sort of the Red Bull sort of players. They're more mm. li- lined up to that style of play. So I think mm. we will keep that in some aspect even if it's dialed down a bit I think I don't think that's suddenly going to go out of our style of play so yeah I've got to agree with Jacob on that one okay excellent question number four which is an interesting one and I've realised that I missed someone's name out of the list of players which may change things somewhat um, oh, because right. I, I did intend to put Patrick Bamford in there too um, so you're going to have to work this on the fly so chaps will there be more games missed by centre-backs due to injury uh, and last season just for context the, the four senior centre-backs missed 45 league games plus six cup <laughs> games, 51 games missed. Ooh, that's mad. Um, or combined goals from Sinistera, Harrison, Bamford, Rodrigo and James. So basically, will the, will the front unit of the team score more goals than we miss games to centre-back injuries? So I suppose there are two questions here. How many goals we're going to score and... How many centre-back injuries do you think we're going to receive? I'm going to come to you first, Tom. So when this question didn't have Bamford in, um, I was saying (laughs) centre-backs by a mile. uh, Because even if that drops off by like 10 or 15 games, which is 
probably like a fair guess. I yeah. I had Sinistera, Harrison, Aronson, Rodrigo and James scoring maximum 20 between them. So mm. if I throw in Bamford as well, like I don't think see that getting above 30. So I'm, I think it'll be centre-backs, but not by a mile anymore, just, just a mm. comfortable gap. I mean, o- other podcasts might make sure that their running order has all the information on that's needed before they start recording. And that's admirable in a way. Yeah, um, but that's just because. What's one word? It's well, exactly. only one word. It's just because they're pussies who are working for the man, um, <laughs> which which I'm not. Um, J- which man? You're working for know. John McKenzie. That's true. Maybe I am working. Excellent. Okay, Jacob, um, talk to me about centre backs or goal centre back injuries or goals. So my my sort of thought on this question was maybe based around although although he's spent a good chunk of both seasons injured. I'm still sceptical as to whether Robin Cock is actually injury-prone. Ooh, um, okay. Uh, which obviously sounds like a bit of a contradiction in terms, but his, that, I don't think either of those injuries are necessarily as like repeatable uh, as maybe the injuries that we see Liam Cooper and Diego Llorente have. Mm-hmm. I reckon that between them, you've, you're probably good for at least 20 games missed. Mm-hmm. In, in a season and then it's really just if well I mean Cooper's injury ended up being a little bit more extreme than that this time round mm-hmm. that, that same injury that he and Calvin had and um, and then obviously Robin Cock was out for quite a long time as well mm-hmm. but I'm going to be optimistic again and say that Robin Cock doesn't have uh, half the season out mm-hmm. this time mm-hmm. despite the evidence and similarly that Pascal will continue to be basically available and therefore I'm going to back the goals Although Bamford being in the in this question does massively swing the pendulum in their favour because does. before that I had it as a centre backs just yeah but goals that's fair that's fair um mm, interesting one yeah because as you say Liam Cooper has missed about ten games in each of the seasons and it was it wasn't that much more last season actually that he missed it was uh, um, but he was still a significant number and I, I think you're right it does really depend on on um, on Robin Cock um, and also whether we count. Uh, Yeldo and um, Ailing and um, other players like that who may play at centre back, but maybe mm. if we go with the four established f- senior centre backs, as which that's is, what we've always done before. Yeah, so yeah, fair, yeah. fair. I was just uh, just making conversation, Jacob. Don't have a go at me. Um, <laughs> oh, no, no, that, that's uh, it's it's imperative that you uh, you don't you're never wrong ever, Darren. Uh, no, I'm usually wrong, but 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 you know that's fine. Um, it is. It's fine to be wrong. It's okay. It is. It's very fine it's, to be wrong. And it's okay it's not like... to know, isn't it? As well, <laughs> you know, which is what could you possibly be talking about? I, I, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> so, question six: What happens first? Sustained calls for Jesse Marsh to be sacked, or the World Cup, which begins on November the twenty-first? Now, listen, everybody. I know you're going to say you're just saying that because you don't like Jesse Marsh, and you're right. I don't, but Last season, <laughs> but last season we also asked this very same question in a slightly different context about Marcelo. We didn't Bielsa. ask you about the World Cup. No, about Marcelo Bielsa, though, <laughs> didn't we? So, uh, yeah. We, so, we, we did we ask whether Marcelo Bielsa will be sacked before the twenty twenty two World Cup? No, because <laughs> it wouldn't have been relevant. But we, we, we did ask a question about whether Bielsa would whether there would be calls for Bielsa's sacking. So we're an equal opportunities abuser. Um, so. <laughs> Jacob, would you like to go first and talk through your thoughts around this? I um, and maybe this ties back into my thought that 
I don't think we're going to be brilliant this season, generally, mm-hmm. um, and sort of finishing that 16th, 15th, 17th area, that I feel like Marsh will have those calls to go before the World Cup. Yeah. We play uh, we play against five of the big six, and while I don't think that those games should be the reason to call for someone to go, obviously those games had a big factor in the timing of when Marcelo left as well. Mm-hmm. And really the only time when there was ever real fan base thought that, yeah, this is perhaps time for a change. Along with that, then you also just have the general like relative amount of love but for the from the fan base between Marcelo and, and Jesse Marsh. And no matter your opinion on Marsh, you'd be a fool to say that they were held in the same light by the fan base as a collective. Yeah. And so I don't think that they'll give him the same sort of uh, grace and credit in the bank mm. that Marcelo had for getting us out of the championship in that first season back. Mm. Tom, when I was in the stadium at, at the Cagliari friendly, um, I was talking to a, a person in front of me who was asking whether I thought that Marsh would see the end of September. Um, <laughs> so, um, And I will hold my reply uh, confidential to that. But but yeah, what what do you think? I mean... Like clearly, the guy, you know, for all for all um, the the maybe things that people might not like about him, um, clearly he's got some skill as a coach and some skill as a manager and a motivator, and obviously we all hope that he does well. That's the that's the other thing. So, what what are your thoughts on this question? I to be honest, I think it completely comes down to how he starts the season because we've got yeah. a reasonably favourable run. If he can get enough points there and sort of get enough credit in the bank. I think that'll see him through the World Cup. Mm-hmm. If he starts badly, then it's just like, I don't think he will ever recover um, in this stint, not just ever in his life. Um, so I'm going to be optimistic and say that we're going to start the season well enough that that'll see him through to the other side of the World Cup. And remember, this isn't about sustained calls for Marsh's sacking that, from the fan base, not not about his actual sacking. Yeah, itself. but I think, I think yep. that'll yep. get him enough credit in the bank that he'll... Yep. So it's like there might be some calls, but I don't think it'll be a. So it's like when Bielsa left, like with that Spurs game, I think there were sustained calls after that game. That's that's. Or like when Ellen Road very nearly turned in the Brighton game at the end of last season, where that really mm. felt like it was, it about was based, to go, didn't it, it? It had turned, and it just like it yeah. was just it yeah. was somebody dived over the side of the cliff and just dragged yeah. Leeds back somehow. For what it's worth, my view is that because I've said that I think we're going to have a, a poor start to the season and then recover. That that's kind of my view. Um, I think that there will be sacking calls, but I don't think that the club will pull the trigger on that and mm-hmm. that, they'll, that they'll go with him. Um, and I do hope that he sees out the season and manages to, to do better than, than I'm anticipating. Um, so stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. 
For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Um, okay, number six. More goals conceded from set pieces or more goals scored from set pieces. And I think we've got a clean sweep here. Um, I, I think that it, there is clearly more focus from Marsh on attacking set pieces and how to how to do those, um, and I think that that will result in us, us seeing um, a great number of goals scored. That's my my view on that. So, uh, Tom, yeah, I completely agree with that. I think he there's. I think we've all seen those videos of when he was a, a manager in, in America that their, his team there that they were just. They were pulling out some right weird stuff, which was quite nice. And like you said, I think there's a, some, a f- more focus. <laughs> some, some right weird stuff. <laughs> I enjoyed that. I don't know. I don't understand set pieces, so that's what I can explain no. it as. I don't have the technical okay, okay. knowledge to explain what stuff is going on, but it's right okay, weird. Yeah. Right weird yeah, stuff. So I, yeah. But yeah, there's, there's, there's more of a focus on it, like you say. So I think we will be better at scoring and better at defending them. So I'm going to go for more goals scored. <laughs> Jacob? I would just add um, on the defending point as well, because I mean, I can definitely agree with what you've both said about the attacking side of things, but I think our the, the way that we ended up structuring our set-piece defence prior to Marsh was like uniquely, well, not uniquely, but um, let's think of a better word, very awful. <laughs> it was wild, <laughs> and, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah. And, um, and also with the potentiality of less appearances of Diego Urenta in the team not to foresee a, a, a question later in the in the show but um between sort of those two factors i think there are, there are there are there are fundamental things about the set piece defending which are better maybe that's just they look they they look more normal and that comforts me perhaps it's just that mm-hmm. but sometimes i've got to go with my feelings so something that doesn't look normal to me jacob is what we do when we're attacking from corners which you'll have noticed in the ground on saturday which is pile all the players into the box except tyler adams 30 yards from goal now clearly against uh palace that led to a direct goal <laughs> in transition for, for crystal palace it worries me that i don't know what don't know what you how you see that yeah i i would share that concern i don't, I don't think it's as worrying with a player like Tyler Adams there as it was when we had Mattis Click there, just because of the sort of the fundamental difference in like explosiveness and athleticism between the two players. Mm-hmm. But um, at the same time, I, I again, like Tom, I, I, don't, I don't really understand enough about this technically to properly comment, but whether it would be the end of the world to have one other player positioned a little bit more conservatively. Mm. I mean, certainly when, when Dan James plays... I don't. I, I I fail to see how much value he can really add in the box as a set piece threat. And but 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 his recovery pace yeah. from corners. Excuse me, his recovery pace from corners has already proven to be excellent in uh, times last season. Mm. And so particularly when we have someone like him in the team, we'd be well served to reserve them a bit further back as well. Yeah. So we're all saying we expect to score more. That's good. That's positive. Um. Question. It is. <laughs> it's not like us. Uh, question seven. Which comes first, dropping out of the League Cup or our first win against a big six side? And last season, this was dropping out of the League Cup. Um, so, 
Um, we have Chelsea on the 21st of August. And the second round League Cup is on the 23rd, 24th of August. Then we've got Manchester United on the 18th of September. Uh, Arsenal on the 16th of October. And that would be that would take us... Uh, and Liverpool on the 30th of October. That would take us to the third round of the League Cup on the 8th and 9th of November. Um, so we're getting quite deep into the season there. So... Um, I suppose the question which underpins this really, as, as much as are we going to beat a top six side, is how seriously do you expect Jesse Marsh to take the League Cup? And I'm going to come to you first, Jacob. I think that Marsh will take it a bit more seriously. Yeah. Uh, it's not This hasn't come from a lot of research necessarily, but mm. I, I do think that it's something that he... Um, maybe he'll value that as like a, a thing to maybe endear himself to the fans a bit more because again he doesn't necessarily have that credit in the bank in the same way that Marcelo did yeah. and I, th- I think he I think he'll back his team to to win every every game that is out in front of us and particularly with a, a newly uh, strengthened squad um, today in the press conference he was talking about how he thinks the team is better than it was last season mm-hmm. so I think he'll he'll back himself for that he certainly will back himself. That's one thing we know about him. Um, Tom, how do you expect us to do against the big six sides? So we've all said um, we'll drop out of the League Cup first for this one before we beat a, t- a top six side. Tell me how you see those games going, particularly these early ones against Chelsea and Man- Manchester United um, and Arsenal. I I don't think we will beat a big six side this year. Um, I think... The sort of overall strength of all those teams is probably the highest it's since we've been back in the league. That I think United will be better this year. I think Arsenal and Spurs are looking really good. And whilst I expect Chelsea to drop off a bit, but it's still Chelsea. And then we don't we mm. don't need to talk about City and Liverpool. Um, so mm. I yeah I don't think we'll get a win. So I put League Cup because the only way we can not do that is if we win the League Cup, which is mm-hmm. probably not going to happen because we'll have to just avoid the question then. <laughs> Mm. Tom, did you just call a certain team United? Yes, I think he, I think he did, Jacob. But oh. I think we should punish him by removing him from this podcast forever. Okay, that's fine. Sorry. Okay, bye, Tom. Bye. Nice to nice to know you. Um, yep. Yeah, so, so just in case anyone listening was offended by that, we have punished Tom thoroughly for for doing that. Um, okay. Uh, question eight: More changes to the starting eleven for the FA Cup third round from the previous game, or goals scored by Leeds in second half injury time? So last season there were four changes to the eleven with eight late goals. Um, Tom, what do you think? Um, I went for changes to the starting eleven because I think while Bielsa like did sometimes do like massive changes to an eleven from a previous game. I think Marsh would be more comfortable doing that on a general basis from game to game, regardless of whether it's a cup game or not. So I could see him mm-hmm. just being quite happy saying, right, I'm going to make seven changes. It's still been like an okay side rather than a, a massive drop-off. And the other thing that I think as well is that this, the number of late goals we scored last year were just not sustainable. That's not going to happen again. Or mm-hmm. I'd kind of like it to happen again, but also I would really like it not to happen again. Um, mm-hmm. So I think... It's quite stressful, isn't it? It was it's quite horrible. stressful needing a late goal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know, yeah, I've nearly died many times this year in late goal celebrations um, so I, th- I think the change to the 11 will go up but I think the late goals will go down so I'm going to go for changes to the 11 Jacob I have just been persuaded by Tom Alderson wow uh, a man who shouldn't even be in this Zoom yeah, call well, yeah. I'll come back reluctantly <laughs> but um, <laughs> I I think it's sound logic yeah yeah I, I do really hear the logic but I still think that um, that this is a team that's uh, that will have running and fitness do a lot of its legwork 
and well, literally a lot of it's legwork and um and therefore late goals will still be a really significant part of our our season um i also think that marsh will is likely to try and respect the sanctity of the fa cup and and the history and the traditions of it and may make a smaller number of changes to the team based on 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 on, on that really okay uh which comes first our final signing of the transfer window or our first win so the transfer window closes on the 1st of september and leeds will have played wolves southampton chelsea brighton everton and a league cup match by then um jacob what do you think i think irrespective of of the league cup which i've kind of ignored because that could be against the team substantially below us but i think that in the league we have a couple of teams in there who have had have got questions around them as well. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking particularly Southampton and Everton. Some people might say that about Wolves as well, although I perhaps don't share that optimism for that game. Um, but Southampton and Everton, I think, are, are games where a result is is possible and a, a little dose of optimism there, I think. And on, along with that, I think it's quite possible that we do what we've done in previous seasons and have a signing go right to the end mm. we had for Rafinha with Dan James and p- perhaps to, to sort of take stock a bit of how things are going at the start of the season and then make a call if they think something is needed particularly with like left back or something mm. good thinking Tom um, I think it'll be the first win because I think in that run of games we'll get at least one win um, that's, <laughs> yeah that would make sense um, I also think we've kind of faffed about with our signings after doing such good. But like we've got a lot of players in really early, which all all fans love. That's what we all love an early signing, get them in for pre-season. Uh, but mm-hmm. since then we've done absolutely nothing, and we've we've been chasing Decatur Lara, um, and I can't I just can't really understand the logic on that. And then we, when when he's gone to Milan, we've then not had someone to go straight to which it was surprising I thought as soon as that signing went through we'd have someone through in the next sort of week or so so yeah I think I think they seem to be faffing about and I just think it'll end up going to we'll get one signing we'll end up coming probably on the last day or something like that because Leeds United love to make us stay awake on a, on a transfer transfer deadline day yeah and I have already said that I feel like we're going to have a slow start to the season and I think we may see a couple of draws uh, in that in that first in that first bunch, but um, yeah, it's, it's a hunch that I've got that we may not win uh, a, a, an early game. Particularly, there'll be a lot of close games. I think I don't think we're going to get blown away by anybody in that stretch, apart from possibly Chelsea. Um, but but I do think that, that there's a possibility that we'll draw or lose some close games there. So that that's that's where why I think our final signing will come uh, will come first. Um, okay. This is one where last season I jinxed Patrick Bamford for the entire season and I do still feel very bad about that because I love him. So, um, question 10. Goals scored by Patrick Bamford or matches won by Leeds? Last season, two Bamford goals, 10 wins, including one cup game. And we drew the Fulham game and progressed through on penalties before people mention it. Um, so, Tom, what do you what do you think? Wins or goals for Pat? I'm gonna go for wins, but I, this is probably the one that I was the closest on because I think I think we'll go up in wins by a couple, and I think that Bamford will probably get like ten to fifteen goals if he manages to stay fit. And I'm gonna like I'm gonna say I think he will stay fit for much more of the season this year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it just it seems like a stupid guess to go for the same 
um, even though I started the show by doing that. So I'll go for wins, just because, but I think it will be very one or two in it either way. Jacob, what sort of season do you think Pat's going to have? I, I, I think if he's fit, I think he'll be like very, very paramount to the team as he was before. But again, I think even just in this preseason and those little snatches that we saw at the end of last, that having someone with his kind of presence and skill set in the team improves what we do an awful lot. And right now, there is nobody else in the team that, or in the squad rather, that can do thing those things that he does. And so I think that oh, your dog's just appeared behind you and I got very distracted. It has. I apologise. Um, that's all right. Um, I think that he will be really key to, to our play and I think he'll score and create goals. But I'm perhaps going to tend a little bit more pessimistic here mm. and hover on the side of that he may pick up stuff or may, I don't know if it's possible for that foot thing to recur. It mm. sounded like he probably didn't, mm. but mm. it's very much outside my... Um, comfort zone and so I'm going to perhaps tend towards the pessimistic here and to be fair that's what won me this competition last year so uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fair point uh, I'm going to go for goals by Pat because um, because I love him I hope he has a good season and I think 15 goals for him is is achievable I don't see Leeds winning more than 12, 13 at the absolute maximum um, probably 12 at the absolute maximum mid table and people are going to go that sounds really pessimistic but if you look at the table from last year mid table teams win 10 to 12 games generally um, so um, you know if we, if we do win 12 games we'll have had a really good season um, in, in that sense so okay question 11 more appearances at right centre back will it be Robin Cock or Diego Urente? last season it was Diego Urente. Tom so I noticed that you've put Robin Cock, hopefully. I have yes. also put Robin Cock, but my issue is that I think Urente will end up playing a lot of games at left centre-back this year because I think Cooper might... He seems to be struggling to get in a fit, which will probably mean his start to the season will be delayed. Um, and I think Stroke will end up playing a left-back quite a lot. So I think that Urente will end up playing a left centre-back. So whilst... I wanted Robin Cook to be our first choice right at the back. I didn't want it to come as Diego Lente playing left centre back at all. Mm. Um, so yeah, that that is <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I've got to go for Robin Cook. Yeah, um, Urente at left centre back really, really, really worries me. I mean, even more than he does yeah, right he worries me at right centre back. Jacob, what about you? Uh, I am on the same page as you in terms of the. Um, uh, Robin Cock being the answer I'm giving. Um, I think that even if it isn't in Marsh's mind immediately, I would hope that, that it would become apparent that Robin Cock's recovery pace is the strongest of our centre-backs. And that will be something that is particularly useful mm. in us defending from the counter-attacking situations. And compared to maybe you both, I'm not sure that Urente is going to necessarily be needed as much over on the left, so I think it might be more of a case of the two of them being in competition for each other. Mm. And I would hope that that attribute alone might start to edge things a bit more in Cox's favour. Mm. The other question, I guess, as well, is if Robin Cock ends up being needed to be used in midfield at all this season. And I would be hopeful that with the, the signings that we've made in that position, that we have that more strength and depth, although I guess that could change if... Um, depending on what happens with Matty's click and if there's a replacement there. But I think that we have more players that Marsh would 
be happy to play in that position before moving <laughs> cock up there compared to what he did last season. Mm. Okay, absolutely, absolutely fair. I suppose cock playing at right centre back in the Calgary friendly gives some indication of the pecking order in Marsh's eyes for that position. Does it? Do you- I don't know because of what Tom said though about the moving over to the to the left thing. Yeah, but for for Urante. But wouldn't yeah. So I suppose I suppose the question is, would he ever play Cock as a left centre back, or would would we see Cock as strictly a right centre back? That's a fair question. Yeah, he also I imagine he sees Cock on that right side because he moved him to right back, didn't he? Which mm, I, I mm. mean, it probably suggests to me that he think he, he's more he prefers him more on that side than he does Urante. Mm. And Urante's got that precedent of doing it. Yeah, at Sociedad as well. As much as their fans didn't necessarily like it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Fair point. Question 12. Which comes first? Ra- Rasmus Christensen red card or Rasmus Christensen trying to block a low shot with his head? I will also put a caveat or trying to tackle someone with his head um, like John Terry or Phil Jones. Um, so the data is... <laughs> well done, Jacob. The data is unavailable about low shots blocked with the head and he was last sent off in 2017. So, Jacob, what do you think? Um, just based off the data, um, and <laughs> just based off the data, I'm going to go with the blocking the low shot with his head. I, I do agree that he... Is a physical player, which was mentioned earlier on, mm-hmm. and obviously we're playing in an aggressive style mm-hmm. as a team. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know if the club might even encourage him to play up to this kind of cult hero-y kind of character that's already being established for him. I spent the whole Calgary game with some people behind me shouting, Ramos! Ramos! <laughs> and then one person be like, uh, that's not actually his name. Uh, it wasn't me, I should add. It was one of them. But they, they were just going, Ramos! Ramos! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and just like spent pretty much the entirety of the match talking about Christensen. Right, that's interesting. And so, uh, yeah. So perhaps he'll try and play up to that image. Yeah, it's the kind of thing I feel like Pontus Janssen might have tried to do. Oh, I can't ev- remember if he ever did. You've evoked the ghost of Pontus Janssen. <laughs> so, t- Tom, what what do we think about these these comparisons with um, with cult heroes of your like? Uh, Pontus Janssen, Gatana Barade, Vinny Jones, you know, those sort of characters. What do we think? Yeah, it's, it's clearly been pushed, isn't it? Like, you've seen Graham Smith tweet it a few times, and they've all said how lovely he is. So there's definitely mm. something that's been pushed there. Maybe it's true. Maybe he's just a lovely guy. He's going to just be a genuine cult hero, but I just, I don't know. I would, I'd, I'd like to see it to believe it. Uh, okay. Yeah. So in terms of your answer to the question... Um, Red card or blocking a shot with his head? I'm going to go for blocking a shot with his head. And I've also added on that it's going to lead to an own goal. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And when we say blocking a shot with his head, we mean, you know, like like where he does like some weird diving low yeah. Uh, head. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he's sort of like on the ground on the at the kind of level like head, that yeah, um, exactly. photo of Villain Melier. Yes. That yeah, one time. What I'm yes. thinking is that like a player's going to be one on one with Melier and then he's going to round him <laughs> and then he's going to like hit it into the net and Christensen's going to try and head it and he's not going to quite get it and it's going to go into the goal that's what I've got in my head if this happens I win the game by the way I don't care how many points I get you do made. win the game okay I, I have a similar prediction uh, it's not exactly the same but my prediction is that he will attempt to block a shot with his head probably from like a corner where he stood next to the post and that he will try and block the shot with his head He'll handle it round the post, 
get sent off for doing so and also probably damage the post in the process. <laughs> yeah. Um so that, that 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 is my prediction both in the same Can, can, I, both, can I add a fantastical Yes please do. Uh, I'll add a fantastical element into mine then which is that unfortunately his head will go into some poor like equivalent modern day equivalent of Dean Ashton's <laughs> knee and uh, ruin that player's career. <laughs> So you're you're going off a tackle for, for a tackle with his head, uh, which which I, I can't wait to see. That question okay, got the I, responses it deserved. By the way, I was just it, like, so <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, will Ilan Melier's average length of goal kick be higher or lower than the number of league points accrued in the season? And I'm going for score draw to the nearest whole number because um, I think we're going to see goal kicks go longer than than we have it. Although, in the to be fair, in the Calgary game, we were going short from goal kicks, so it would be really interesting to see what happens when teams actually decide to press us. Um, so, Jacob, go. I went for I went for goal kicks, but I think it will probably be close. We should clarify as well that we're measuring this in in yards, in yards yeah, uh, yeah, rather than uh, other other measurements are available. But this is the one that we're going with. We're measuring in and old money, in f- measuring <laughs> furlongs, yeah, but not Paul furlongs. No, quite no, of course not. <laughs> anyway, um, I think it will be. I think it will be goal kicks. Uh, I I do note what you mentioned about the Calgary game, but I do think that that game is a bit misrepresentative of the kinds of game states that we're likely to be in in the Premier League. We were more dominant in possession in that game than I think we're likely to be in most games that that we play in the Premier League. And I think that the outball going longer and away from dangerous attackers is more likely the. Um, the avenue that we'll choose. Uh, last season under Marsh, the average for that was about 45 yards. And mm-hmm. I think it could be sort of there or thereabouts. And I think earlier on, I predicted that we wouldn't maybe quite hit that many points. So probably got to be consistent with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tom, have I come to you with this one? No. Right. Um, okay. I've that was good, good hosting. That wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see me do good hosting there? <laughs> um, I'm going to go for goal kicks because I have a memory Last, I can't remember which game it was. Like the end, towards the end of last year, and I was sat on the like south stand side of the east stand, and all the people around me were getting really annoyed that Melier kept kicking it long. Um, mm. So I wonder if that was something that Marsh has preferred, and they're trying to get out of Melier after playing it short for however two years under Bielsa. So I think he will uh, go be going longer, and I think that we will improve slightly on thirty-eight points. But I think it will be. If it's say, say like the goal kicks under that 30, what forty five mark that Jacob said, I think we'll just be under that points wise. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, good point. Okay, who makes the most starts at left back, stroke left wing back? Will it be Junior Firpo, Pascal Strauch, Leo Hjelda, Jack Harrison, or new signing? Um, Firpo started nineteen league games last season and was in the squad for a further six. Tom, I've gone for Stroik. Um I think. Firpo just seems to even if he does manage to get fit he struggles to get away from an injury doesn't he He always, he's never far away from the next one um, there hasn't been a lot of talk about a left back signing you, you, Jacob you're probably more clued on this than me and Darren are but I just haven't heard any not by no, much to, like this is why we need someone like Adam or Josh here that they would help us but they, I haven't heard many names being sort of put about so I, I can actually see it being in a situation where Stroik ends up being the cover for that position um, so that's, that's what I'm going to go for That I don't think we'll actually get a left back in and we'll end up playing Stroik there when Firpo's injured Jacob Marsh's comments uh, his recent comments about 
Strauch seems to indicate that he does view him as a really legitimate option for that position, right? Definitely, and, and along with that as well, the the comments today in the press conference about Furpo being back relatively soon as well mm. may end up meaning that that's something that we don't pursue as aggressively as we might have done if Furpo had been a bit further away from the team. Mm-hmm. I have ended up going for Junior Furpo here. I think that it, it he won't play loads and loads of the games in the season but I think that like based on the record of last season and excuse me based on the record of last season I think that he will probably sneak the majority in mm-hmm. yeah so 19 league games last season yeah that would be half right so mm-hmm. yeah that's that's fine yeah interesting I think it'd be a really interesting season for Junior Firpo whether it whether he can convince Jesse Marsh whether he can convince the Leeds fans whether he can get a good sustained run in the team where he doesn't do four games on, four games off, yada, 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 which is what we saw a lot of the time last season. So um, it will it will be very interesting times. Um, Tom, what do you make of Pascal at, at left-back? Um, I just He doesn't really suit him, I don't think. I think... Um, like the, the sort of... If you can act... We talked about that, but perhaps we might see... A more like free back style, and then Christensen push on the other side, but that hasn't really come to fruition, I don't think. Um, but if you did sort of just like sit him on that side, I think he would do a job. But the, the thing when I watch him is, I just I think he's his um, the way he has to like orientate his body to pass and stuff. I think it just throws him off a bit and it reduces his effectiveness. That I because I think from the back he is actually our best ball progressor. Um, so and then when you see him sort of having to make those runs down the wing and put crosses, and it, it just doesn't seem to suit. The way he plays, um, and he's like he's not he's not not mobile, but he's like I just think he recovers getting he struggles getting back a bit as well. So he's mm. he's fine there as a stopgap. I, I wouldn't want to see it for like a lot of the season, but it doesn't worry me for mm. a couple of games. Yeah, I certainly think that he's tactically capable of picking up the demands of the role, but I think it's as you say, Tom. It's whether that role then just suits his attributes, mm. and that that's really wh- where it lies. And isn't it a bit of a waste of his best skills to play him in that position too, Jacob? I, I, I certainly think so. I, I, even though he had this sort of rocky end of the season, I share. I have the view that I think we all share that he's probably the best centre-back at the club mm. and it would be nice to see him continue to grow in the, his favourite position and get used to fulfilling that in a different style to uh, the quite unorthodox system that we played under Marcelo Bielsa mm. so I, I I do think it's a shame but mm. at the same time I'm not averse to him getting minutes and it it may be harder for them to come by when Cooper's fit as well yeah true true so we're going to move on to Jack Harrison who had an interesting season last season who uh, for a lot of the season looked very poor but still managed to put up decent numbers in terms of his goals um, overperformed his XG quite significantly um, I think it's really important that we do say that, um, and got t- ten goals and two assists. So this season, will we see more Harrison goals or more Harrison assists? And I've I've gone for goals because I think he's a pretty consistent. He's scored pretty consistently across the across the seasons that he's been with us. So, Jacob, what do you think? I agree, but I think it will be quite close, and certainly closer than last season when it was ten goals and two assists. I remember talking about this when we looked back on last season and thinking about how the lack of Patrick Bamford probably played a role in Harrison having the drop-off of assists because he had eight assists the season before. And I think that 
having players in the box that are making better better movements and better runs and that may not just be Bamford but the the sort of style uh, stylistic choices of marsh ball keeping players sort of compact and central and high up the pitch hopefully means that he'll have more bodies around to find w- w- will benefit him mm. i guess the the other question though is to ask where he'll be playing mm-hmm. because if he ends up playing off the right like say that we have Sinistera off the left and Harrison off the right as like two players cutting inside. I'm not sure whether that will necessarily happen and it didn't against Crystal Palace. But should that happen, I feel like goals will become more his currency than an even spread. But in either case, I agree with what you're saying. Like he has been a relatively consistent goal scorer for a couple of seasons. He's outscored his XG. Um, so that is worth noting that there could be a bit of a regression, but... I, on balance, I still think he'll probably edge it with goals. Yeah, I mean there doesn't have to be a regression. I mean that's not a guarantee. No, there doesn't. He, he could very, very easily outscore his xG again. Um, what do you think, Tom? Um, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you guys. What you uh, said the first, Darren, like Harrison's been consistently a, a decent goal scorer um, in his time at Leeds. So I would just I'd back him to keep that up um, rather than sort of up his assist numbers. Um, we could, mm-hmm. like you say, with Bamford coming back, we might see a, an improvement in that category. But yeah, I think he's just more of a goal scorer than a creator. Question 16. Stuart Dallas appearances or the number of players who start a game with the captain's armband, which will be higher. So last season, um, there were four starting captains, Cooper, Aileen, Dallas and Phillips. Now, clearly, Dallas's injury is very serious. We all hope that he recovers as quickly as possible been an outstanding servant to the club um, and, and we all do hope to see him again um, this season. Um, so what do you think, Tom? Will Dallas make more appearances or will there be more captains? Yeah, I think he'll make, I, th- I think he'll probably make more than four appearances even if he's just off the bench uh, towards the end of the, the year. Just, I don't know, he's, obviously he can play in so many positions that he'll end up coming on um, just just as as and where he's needed. And mm-hmm. I very much doubt that we'll see more than four starting captains. Again, I think the injuries last year played a big part in that. So I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I, th- I'd, I, I'm, I was also like, want to be optimistic with that and hope that Dallas does get some mm-hmm. um, appearances mm-hmm. ne- the next year. So a question about our injuries, Jacob, because we've, we've kind of lived in a world where we've had a lot of injuries. Um, and I, I don't think it will have escaped your notice that we've also currently got, <laughs> got a lot of injuries in the squad. We do. Um, so, like, there's no guarantee, is there, that we're going to have less injury-ravaged seasons than we've had in the past? Not necessarily. Um, the, the the arguments about the myth- mythological status of Bielsa Burnout have been done to death. But I think that, although Marsh football is intense, it's probably less intense than Bielsa's is. So if if that was a factor, if, then... I imagine that stuff to do with that will go down and it will perhaps revert a little bit more to the injury proneness of players and then obviously just your luck with impact injuries and, and tackles on, on the pitch. Mm. Um, but I, it's still a high-intensity football. I mean, da- Dallas's injury itself happened when he went in for a, in for a tackle against Manchester City mm-hmm. and... Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say, isn't it? So we missed a lot of games to like tissue injuries under Bielsa, right? And maybe, mm. maybe we'll do. Are you anticipating then that we might see more contact injuries under? I, I think that that's certainly something that we'll have to factor in. Mm. I mean, Dan James smashing into people. I mean, it hurt Matteo Kovacic. I think last season it could hurt Dan James. 
maybe some of those tissue injuries will still affect the players who are very prone to them. But also some of the players who are injury prone have, have moved on. I'm looking at you, Jamie Shackleton. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's hard to say. Um, with the with the captains thing, I think we probably will see more than four this season. Mm. Uh, just because we have a lot of the hierarchy out at the start of the season. Ailing will be back in a bit, but there's no guarantee that he'll start. Cooper's out. Dallas was third captain. And that th- who knows when either of those will play again exactly. And then the the next two in the hierarchy seem to be Bamford and Adam Forshaw. Again, Forshaw's currently out. Bamford, who knows with. And then suddenly you've only got Rodrigo left in the the leadership group before you just start passing it to whoever's still on the pitch. Mm. And, um, and so I, I think particularly just with the way the injuries have fallen at the start of the season, we could see that number being a bit higher. But I think I share Tom's opinion that Dallas, even if it's substitute appearances, will probably creep over that mark. Marsh was pretty pretty happy f- with where Dallas was given the, the circumstances today in the press conference yeah. and yeah. that's all I can really go by. Yeah, it was good to hear. And finally, uh, Mr. Tom Alderson has set up our FPL league again this year. Thank you very much for doing that, Tom. So we are going to ask which Leeds player will score the most points on FPL this year. And last season, it was Rafinha with 145 points. And this is I think this is the first time we've all gone for a completely different answer. So I have gone for Patrick Bamford because I think he's going to have a very good season. I'm very confident of that. Um, Tom Alderson, who have you gone for? I have gone for your favourite your favorite son, uh, Melier. Um, I, had, I had a quick look through the, the, the scores from last year when I was looking at this question. Uh, so Rafinha... He was high. Yeah, Rafinha was... 145, Harrison was next best with 117, then Melier was third. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that Melier will creep over Harrison this year. Uh, I will know that Bamford got like, I think, nearly 200 points the year before. So, yeah, but yeah, I'm going to go for Melier just because Darren went for Bamford. Excellent. Jacob? I've gone for Brandon Aronson mm. because I think, that firstly, just availability wise, I feel like he's the player who's most likely to be on the pitch for the most minutes. He'll um he he's shown that he can play sort of in the different positions amongst the attacking quartets. Like we've seen him a lot in the central attacking space behind the striker, but we've also seen him out on the right. And there's been a lot of talk about him and previous uh, experience at Salzburg of him being on the left of that group as well. And I think he even Marsh even talked about him playing false nine today in the press conference. Not that I really expect that to happen, but I feel like set pieces aside and even there Aronson is taking some of the corners at the moment a lot of our goals assists and the things that FPL values are generated out of that front four and I just think a player who's in there Mm. uh, the most and a player who is familiar with the patterns as well Mm. is likely to pick up a lot of points and I think he's a midfielder in FPL Mm. which again values those things higher than forwards Mm, a lot of FPL knowledge there, Jacob. Um, I've got. You should see my team. I've, I've. I don't care at all about it. But okay, there's some residual knowledge there. Yeah, excellent. I'm not playing this year because I was so bad last year. Um, well, you did better than me. Did I? I hear you finished bottom, didn't you, uh, Tom? <laughs> so, a member of our group who shall remain nameless said about Aronson in conversations after the Calgary game that Aronson's one of those players that Leeds fans are likely to like because he'll be busy. He'll he'll be visible. He'll put himself around a lot. He'll he'll be on the ball a lot. But there were questions about what they expect his productivity to be. What do you make of those comments? 
Sounds like a certain Welsh winger, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, Do you think Dan James was saying that about Dan <laughs> I didn't say Dan James. That was you, Jacob. Um, yeah, sounds. Yeah, I'm a Wales fan. I can say oh, what okay, I want. That's fair enough. Yeah. Oh, God, poor you. You've got to watch more Dan James than the rest of us. Um, <laughs> yeah, sounds. I mean, I've I do have my worries about him translating from the Austrian league, um, and I yeah. can see why that might be the case. But I've from what I've watched, I'm quite optimistic about it. I don't think he's going to. Like set the world alight, but I think he'll I think he'll mm. tick over nicely. Mm. He ran into a few sort of cul-de-sacs with the ball on Saturday. Not uh, goalkeepers. Sunday. No, not goalkeepers. <laughs> so maybe that's better, isn't it? If you run into a cul-de-sac, that's better than running into a goalkeeper. Uh, Jacob, what did you what did you make of them against Cagliari? We've not really had a chance to talk about him. Again, I I feel like I have to caveat it massively by saying that the opposition are quite unlike mm. most of the teams I expect us to play yep. this season. Yep. I was relatively encouraged with him. He did go down a few cul-de-sacs. He did do a few nice things. And despite what Dan James said, he did get some end product. <laughs> he did. He did. That ball uh, for, for Bamford's first goal was delightful. It was definitely delightful. I was really amused by the central defender's defender. attempt to cut it out. I mean, clearly he'd been thrown off balance by Bamford's run, and I think that was the problem, really, with him trying to cut the ball out. But the way he just sort of wafted his leg at it really did, <laughs> did amuse me. So um, I just wanted to say that um, before we finish. Have you said the FPL code? Have we done that? No, I'm going to say that now. Okay, Tom, good, good thanks, job. Thanks for reminding me how to do hosting. <laughs> so it says here, Tom, Tom Alderson has written on this running order, plug the FPL league code, and here it is, lowercase two. No, lowercase s. <laughs> <laughs> Here it is. Lowercase two. Lowercase s, two. Lowercase b, z, five, two. Lowercase s, two, b, z, five, two. Can I just throw one thing in here? Yes. I put it on the order, not Tom. Oh, I do apologise. That was a huge and egregious assumption on my part. And I do apologise most unreservedly. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, that brings us to the end. It's been really good fun to k- chat about the forthcoming season with you. Um, I hope that everybody has fun this season. I hope it's a lot more fun than last season. I hope that all my predictions about Jesse Marsh and the team's start to the season are wrong. Uh, I hope we have a really great season and have fun. So all that is left for me to do is to say thank you to Tom. Thank you. All I, I, all I hope is that one of our Rasmus Christensen predictions are correct had... that's all i want from this game i was gonna say that <laughs> definitely and thank you to jacob cheers thanks everybody bye deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.